Hello everyone, welcome to Screen Scream on Viola. Sorry for the delay, but I've been very busy, and that's exactly the reason why I said I have to stop the show for 10 weeks. Until the end of World Cup, I wouldn't have time to keep up with the show. So this is the last episode before we take a break. Since I already promised you that I'm going to make this one the last one, I'm going to keep my promise. I do hope you like the show today. The theme would be the movies that I've seen myself and I highly recommend. And Halloween. Hope you all enjoy it. Let's listen to the first new movie we're going to talk about today. Ballad of a White Cow. Mina's life is turned upside down when she learns that her husband Baba was wrongly accused of the crime for which he was executed. The bureaucracy apologizes for the miscarriage of justice and holds out the prospect of financial compensation. As an act of self-respect and for the sake of her deaf daughter, Mina takes up the fight against an apparatus marked by cynicism. She demands an apology. Just as money is running out and she loses her class, a stranger named Reza shows up. He claims to have old Babak a debt that he now wants to settle. <laughs> The first new movie we're going to talk about today, Blood of a White Cow, is a movie from Iran. Actually, distributors in Taiwan have been importing a lot of Iran movies here. And I have to say, most of them are pretty good. And Blood of a White Cow is one of them. I've seen it at the screening. And that's why we're going to talk about it today. As we heard in the introduction, Rezar, who approached Mina, is a stranger. So at first, Mina hesitates. But since she's all on her own, she lets Reza in her life very soon. Actually, the movie discusses whether we should have death penalty. You may say, oh, this isn't just an issue in Iran, it happens in a lot of different countries. Well, yes, indeed, I have to admit that. But the reason why the director made this movie is because Iran is one of the countries that's considered to be one that executed the most people in the world. And also, the reason why somebody's executed varies. You name it, they have it. Director and the female protagonist, Mariam Mogadam, learned sign language for this movie because in the movie, her daughter is deaf. She also tore down the stereotype tag attached to Iran female, which are passive and weak. She built up a brand new generation of female in Iran with tenacity through this movie. Blood of a White Cow was described by the media in the UK as revealing injustice with elegance. It kind of elevated the level of movies, didn't it? And it was also selected to compete in the 2021 Berlin Film Festival. You know, when your husband's executed, you're already very sad. Even sadder would be someday the court calls Mina and tells her that her husband, who's already executed, 
is proved to be unguilty, and that's when her life is turned upside down. If you love movies related to social issues, or you like movies related to film festivals, or you just want to know a little bit more about Iran movies, Ballad of a White Cow is the right choice for you. Now let's move on to the second new movie we're going to talk about today. Dr. Chivago. Lara inspires lettery in Viktor Komarovsky and can't compete with passion for the revolution of the man she marries, Pasha. Her true love is Dr. Yuri Chivago, who also loves his wife. Lara is the one who inspires poetry. The story is narrated by Chivago's half-brother, Yevgrad, who has made his career in the Soviet army. At the beginning of the movie, he is about to meet a young woman he believes may be the long-lost daughter of Lara and Chivago. The second new movie we're going to talk about today is actually a classic re-release. It was released in 1965, Dr. Chivago. A movie talks about what happened in Moscow, Russia, but the movie was made by the U.S. One of the most famous Taiwanese movie critics said that in the past, people in Taiwan usually use anti-communism to describe this movie. That's actually not correct, and it's way too simple. We should put it this way. Of course, it's about Russia, and it talks about war, and it's made by the U.S., so of course, it's going to be about anti-communism. But the movie's not that easy. That's not the theme of Dr. Chivago. There is much more to that. For example, Chivago is struggling between two women, and if he's a modern man, you may say that he's really a jerk. How could you treat two women like that? But instead of saying that this is because of his personal lust, we should say that he really didn't have choice under that circumstances in that generation. For example, Tonia, his wife, whom he grew up with. And why? Because his parents were killed during the war, so he had to live with Tonia's family. And that's kind of a special relationship between them. I mean, they're close as family members, but at the same time, Tonya's parents kind of treated Chivago as he's the future son-in-law, and that's how they got married, isn't it? Besides, when he was going to get married with Tonya, he just met Lara. So there's no possibility that he would fall in love with Lara at the time, not until they cooperated, worked with each other as colleagues during the war as doctor and volunteer nurse. So even though I consider myself a feminist, I would think Dr. Chivago's behavior is understandable. I'm not encouraging it, of course. But this is the reason why this movie is so classic. So I highly recommend people to watch Dr. Chivago if you haven't seen it. Now before we move on to Top 007, the most sought-after session in our show, let's review what we had from last week first. It was pretty crowded last week because the chart in Taiwan and North America were pretty different. 
there were two movies from top three to top one, respectively. Top three, Pearl and Shane Ultraman. Top two, Barbarian and Silent Parade. Last but not least, top one, Avatar and The Woman King. Let's listen to what we have from top seven to top four. Top five, Barbarian. Don't worry, darling. What if this place is dangerous? What if no, Jack, it's okay. I'm curious. Top four, Project Wolf Hunting. 여기 CCTV도 없다. 누구들이 잔대가리 굴려서 빠져나가봐 저배 아니다. 필리핀 발 범죄 자고 정서. 프론트였다. All right, we only have three movies from top seven to top four this week, which means top three to top one is a little bit crowded. After taking a look at what we have here, you may think we're going to talk about Project Wolf Hunting because we haven't talked about it yet. But I'd like to talk about Don't Worry Darling if this is the last episode before we take a break. In the previous episodes, I talked about some introduction of it without spoilers. And last week, I talked about how I liked it. But this time, I'd like to give out a little bit spoiler on why I don't like it so much. First of all, you need to know that I went to watch Don't Worry Darling because of Chris Pine. And the problem of this movie, I think, is that if you look at this movie with the aspect of three acts, I would say they spend a lot of time depicting building up the first two acts, which is really good. But they ended the third act in a rush. You may think, wait, what? If you're going to tell me the answer so directly, why not just tell me in the beginning? And then you can start building up what you really want to say. So basically, the problem here is that after watching the movie, you still don't know what they want to tell you. For example, some people say that they think Don't Worry Darling is a feminism film. Well, considering myself a feminist, I don't think it's feminism at all. I mean, the movie's basically about some loser male. Well, at least in my point of view, I think they're losers. They either really love their partners or they just grab whoever they're able to catch. Bring them to this virtual world, victory community. That is really creepy. Even though the character who ended up breaking the system, revealing everything, if she ever does, doesn't make the movie feminism at all. It just proves that some freak male would have this kind of thoughts in their minds, capturing women, controlling their body and minds. So I would say if you like any of the actors, you may go watch it because all the actors in the movie are beautiful and handsome. But that's all. You wouldn't get anything from it. And I really think I talk too much. Let's move on to top three to top one. Top three, six forty-five. The woman came. They will not stop until the whole of Africa is theirs. Top two. 
smile. <gasps> Tap one. Like avatar. This is your avatar. Just relax and let your mind go blank. It shouldn't be hard. If you still remember what I said in the beginning of the show that today's episode is about the movies I've seen and Halloween. Since Don't Worry Darling is related to Creepy Partners. In the last part of this episode, we're going to talk about another horror, Smile. Basically, the director wants to represent the scariest smile we would ever see. The screenwriter, also the director, Parker Finn, said that some horrors want the audience to get shocked suddenly. Others will like their audience to move around anxiously in their seats. But if the scary element is something we learned how to do when we were little, that is smile, then the audience will stay in a panic mode all alone. Because whenever you see a character smile, no matter it's the creepy kind of smile or the friendly kind of smile, you will wonder whether it's going to turn into the creepy kind. Normally in our daily lives, we use smile to cover or hide our heart or any awkward interaction under social conditions, any panic or anxiety we have. But this kind of smile, which gives us comfort, in the movie was turned into a destructive and dangerous threat. If you know me, you would know that I don't really watch horror, so I don't really know how it works in Smile. But I've seen the trailer, and basically the story is about some mysterious death. Whenever people die because of the smile, they also wear that kind of creepy smile on their faces. And according to one of my friends who loves horror movie, she said smile is really unique. Like how it describes fear is new and is totally different from what you might have seen. So I would say if you are a horror movie lover, you can go try smile since there aren't many horror movies recently and it's going to be a very good Halloween pleasure for you. I think that's all the time we have for the last episode before we take a break. And remember, we will be back in 10 weeks, which is after the World Cup. So don't forget to come back and let's meet each other on air in 10 weeks. For now, I'm Viola. See you next time.